Ready when you ready. Hey, look, we're all ready. We're here and ready. We're ready here. Episode 202. That's right. It's just Markeem and I, but we're here for the next episode of the 200 series of YWC Football Talk. We got a lot to talk about today. I hope you had a good holiday. I know it's that time between Christmas and New Year's, but how are we feeling today, Markeem? I'm tired, but told my buddy Griff I'd hook him up, so let's do this. I love it. I love it. Well, anyway, guys, as you know, there was a bunch of games Christmas, but what do you get when Baker Mayfield lays you down, just takes you to town? You get your head coach fired, and that's what happened in Denver as the Denver Broncos have fired Nathaniel Hackett after a 4-11 and embarrassment of a season. Let's call it that way because I remember all offseason we were hyping up the AFC West. It was the best thing. And even after a while, I started saying, you know what, hey, it's not going to be as great as people think. And we're quickly learning that, hey, the division is going to get two playoff teams, not four. Yeah, I was wrong. I thought Russell Wilson would be the comeback player of the year. I thought they had enough talent to be competitive. I was completely wrong. I, there's no other way to slice it. I was wrong. Like we, I don't, I don't even know what it is, though. But then here's the thing with Denver when I look at them how do you fix this? Like, I, it's just, it doesn't seem like, you know, Hey, you can just go and like hope Russ gets better. It's just, I think this goes more beyond like, Hey, there's going to be some, it's going to be rough for them. I like, I can't see next year. Them all of a sudden just coming back and winning 10 or 11 games. They're, they're stuck under Russ's contract, which is the huge problem. Like they, they took that gamble and it did not pay off. And now they're stuck with maybe the worst contract in sports. <laughs> so it's going to be hard to get better. You're going to have to get better in the draft. But that's the thing, though. They don't even have their first Brown pick this yeah, year. They, so yeah, you don't got, have their, yeah, you're right. They don't have their first. So, yeah, that's a good point. They gave up so much draft capital. They gave up five picks to go get them. They gave up some players that I just shook my head at. Obviously, Drew Locke's not one of them, but, like, Shelby Harris, great player. Noah Fant, someone I said the Denver Broncos are going to miss because tight end's been a – there's great Dulcich, but, like, he's nothing, nothing special. Like, Noah Fant's a proven tight end in this league already through his first three years. So, I think Denver just saw it as that chance, hey – we're going to take it. We're going to go for the golden goose. But in reality, they've been in quarterback purgatory since Manning retired about seven years ago now, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Before and after, <laughs> after Elway and after Manning, <laughs> they've been in hell. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like you literally like out of nowhere. I don't know who they're going to get in like 10, 15 years from now. And they're just going to magically win another Super Bowl. But that's literally, you're right. They're one of the more winning franchises in the NFL, but they literally have been stuck in quarterback purgatory between Manning and Elway, or Elway and Manning, excuse me, and then now it's between Manning and, After, and who whoever else, whoever else is going to be. Yeah. yeah, man. Like I got the I got the logic going after Russ. I probably would have did that too. You know, because oh, I mean? you got to you got to swing. You have to swing, but you you're right. You have to swing. It's just not every swing is going to go out of the park. No. Like, imagine if in that 2016 draft, who did Jerry Jones want desperately that the Broncos ended up trading up and getting? Paxton Lynch. Who did the Dallas Cowboys end up getting? Dak Prescott. Imagine if the tables were turned right now and Paxton Lynch was a Dallas Cowboy. I don't think we'd be here sitting here and saying Dallas is a Super Bowl contender all of a sudden. No, no. But we got more AFC West quarterback news as Derek Carr benched. Benched. Not even just for Sunday, the last two games of the season. And not even that. He's not even with the team anymore. They've sent him home, keep him healthy, because he's going to get traded this offseason. 
40 million, like the contract he even he signed this year. I got I'm gonna pull it up right now. And for those folks saying, Oh, you should have had this before, that's not how we do things on YWC football talk. No, 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 no. <laughs> we do things crazy. So Hold basically, Derek, yeah. So let's see, Derek Carr has a let's see, uh so he's basically signed through the next three seasons. Um, and his salary for next year is 32 million, 41 million, 41 million. Who is going to pay that? And also, too, if the Raiders are going to take on dead cap, the dead cap hits aren't horrible. It's five million, three million, and a million. But when you look at where he can go, what teams are willing to take on his his money? Because let's be honest, like I know everyone likes to say, oh, he's never had a good defense. He's never had this. I, I just think after he broke his leg in 2016, he has not been the same quarterback when he had that MVP caliber season. Agreed. 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 Um. And I think that now everyone is reluctant after the rest thing. Everyone is reluctant to take a chance on something like that because he's a dude with a lot of baggage. Like you say, broke his leg, wasn't the same. Like at this point, do you mortgage your future on something like that? I I don't think any team would do that. This screams to me like a June 1 trade, like, you know, see what happens. Like those teams that are like super desperate after the draft, God forbid you're quarterback has a weird injury in the offseason because in the NFL it happens and yet you see guys mini camp they step the wrong way boom their ACL goes we saw it with Kyler Murray um it's like when I look at the even the Raiders for next year too I love everyone starting to say like oh they're gonna go out and get this player this player the Raiders are the same thing as the Broncos there's not just hey someone can go in there it's not what the Buccaneers were in 2020 when Tom Brady went there you know how it was just a quarterback away no the Raiders defense is horrendous and their offense Besides Adams, the offense isn't anything to gawk at. Like Darren Waller's been an okay tight end. He's been hurt. He's been up and down. And then you have Josh Jacobs, who, quite honestly, is probably going to walk for a lot of money this offseason to a team that's a running back away from making the playoffs. And I don't blame him. Like Devontae Adams, man. If you if you look at the numbers he's put up, shit, it just got it just it gives me a newfound respect for him <laughs> because Derek Carr was thrown on the ball. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. They got they can't they can't blow it up because again, what what do you replace these guys with? What's out there? What's, you know what I mean? They can't and do any of that. So ever since the game against the Chargers that the Raiders won, Devontae Adams has put up 71 yards against the Rams, 28 receiving yards against the Patriots, and against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who quite frankly aren't good, two receptions for 15 yards. It's not good out here, man. Not good no. out here. That's where I look at them, and I'm like, you can't, you can't fix it. Like, how do you go out there and fix it? You can't. But we have to get the battle out of the way first because this weekend we've got some hey, good. I, I will, I, I will say this. I think the Raiders going up better than the Broncos next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just, I'm still gonna basically the Raiders for me though. They're gonna be that team where you have to go prove it. I'm not gonna believe it until I see it. It's kind of like how you know with Tua, which. God willing, hopefully for good recovery from him. That was horrible news. Another concussion. Uh, Josh Allen in 2020 with the Raiders. I have to see it before I believe it. So, like, if I had to put a win total on them next year, right now I'm gonna say I think five. you win eight. Yeah, five <laughs> for now. I was gonna say though, if, I, I think if all goes well for them, they'll be in the hunt. But I just don't see them being in the playoffs. But we have a playoff this weekend. We have two playoffs. We have first up the Fiesta Bowl and the first college football semifinal which 
before we get into the game, I want to say something. I think expanding to 12 was overkill. I think eight was the perfect number. I get people saying 12, hey, give some schools exposures. You're going to get some schools that are going to get their asses whooped in there. Like they're not going to, they're going to be in there for punching bags. And man, man, you, you are saying what I've been saying for years, yeah. Griff. I, 12 is too many teams, man. You know what it's like? It's like basically if you um, go for ice cream and it's like, oh, hey, do you want like just a little like you have a basically a little kitty cone, but then you want oh, hey, stacking shit on top. Yeah, but then it's like you start some, some of it's gonna fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're putting sprinkles, you're putting chocolate sauce, you're putting cherries, you're putting other stuff. Eventually, it's just all gonna tip over. So that's where I feel like with eight, eight's the good amount to where you know what? Hey, you get a few schools in there who may not have been in debate but then with 12 i feel like you're gonna get a couple schools in there that it's just like okay maybe once in a while we see a march madness upset but i don't think people should be going in there thinking that hey we're gonna see a saint peter's run out of these teams because when it comes to football the difference and, and between a, good and great is what ginormous. bothers me what bothers me is they're just gonna stack sec teams in there if that's yeah. all it's gonna be it's just gonna be like four other teams and just a ton of sec teams like you're guaranteeing already, probably. Like, let's look at this year. You're gonna have Georgia. You're gonna have Bama. You're gonna have probably LSU. LSU at minimum, probably Tennessee. Yep. So there's four teams right there. Because like, like, let's look at it. We've talked about this before. The SEC is the team that the committee loves. The ACC, okay, it's Clemson. The Big Twelve sometimes they get thrown a bone if a team has a good season, i.e., Oklahoma, TCU this yeah. year. But then besides that, it's really the SEC and the Big Ten. I want to mention the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 has to basically constantly, jump through hoops constantly to get there. Disrespected. Constantly disrespected. They, 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 they tear each other apart every year, and then bowl season they do really well. That's exactly. Every year. Because they're good. They're, yeah. they're so good <laughs> that they tear each other up all year. It's like, like that every season. It's like this year, too. It's like they basically took away a, uh, a playoff game from USC. It's right, right away. Oh, Utah beat them. They don't deserve to be there. Because in reality, I'm going to say this right now because as we go to the game, I think USC would put up a better fight against Michigan than TCU is going to be. I just don't see a world where unless TCU throws some shit we haven't seen, I, I just I don't, don't I just I just don't see a world where TCU makes this a close game. I think this is just, you know, a oh, different no. Michigan than last year. I don't think this is going to be close, but no. I, I don't know if USC will put up a better fight. I mean, they proved they proved they're a one man oh. show. They they proved it. They yeah. they've been a one man show all year. But and then with I, the, I think oh. it takes more than that to beat the front that Michigan has. Like I, here's I, the I other don't think, I don't here's think the other thing too with Michigan. I want to say I feel like last year their crowning moment was beating Ohio State. It was you know what they beat Ohio State. They got the Big Ten. If you go back and watch that Orange Bowl. Aiden Hutchinson was out there doing – he was jogging. He was not doing anything in that game. He was there basically just trying to get out there healthy so that he can go on and train to go to the NFL. This Michigan team, they're, they're hungry. They want a national championship. And I think with TCU yeah, – yeah. Like like you said, I think this year um, – because last year they proved they could beat Ohio State. That's what it took, yeah. getting over the hump. This year they just proved they're flat out better than Ohio State. You know what I mean? So now it's like, do we want to win this thing? Now, we'll get to that, but yeah. go ahead, Griff. The other thing I was going to say, too, is with TCU, I feel like Kansas Kansas State basically cracked the code on how to beat them. You just basically got to force masks dug into bad situations. You yeah. got to basically stack the box, and that's that's how you're going to beat them. That's the thing. And I think if when it comes down to which defense do I trust more, I trust the Michigan defensive front more than TCU because let's be honest, the Big 12 is known as a league 
that doesn't play defense. So when it comes to defense, I'm picking Michigan. The only question I have for you is though, do we see like a like Michigan run up the board? Because like when I look at that 58 and a half, I don't see a world where I, I think this is gonna be give me like 31 to 7, something like that. You know, nothing. Nothing crazy, but Michigan goes out there and just shows for 60 minutes, hey, we're the better team, and we'll see you in L.A. in a week and a half. It, it'll, it'll be like 40-something to like yeah. for, to like 17 for most of the game, and they score a touchdown to garbage. They're like 40-something to like 20-something. TCU's going to score. They, yeah. They're going to they're gonna score. But um, the, the, thing with, <laughs> the thing with this game is that I don't think it really matters, to be yeah. honest with you. I don't think – and spoiler alert, I just don't think it matters who wins this game. It's going to be boring. We're going to get the boring outcome. Yeah. It doesn't matter who wins this game. And then here's the other thing, too, though, because everyone thinks, like, I thought this last year where I'm like, hey, you know what? They have a ch-. like. I like, I remember I thought, like, hey, maybe Cincinnati can make it interesting. Maybe Michigan can think it interesting. No. You're, you're, it's going to be 60 minutes of just hard pound aggression football from Michigan. They're just going to ram it down their throats, and that's the end of that. Um, but the game that I think is going to be better and closer is the Peach Bowl in Atlanta where you have Georgia taking on Ohio State. I think Georgia's going to win, but imagine the storylines that would come out if we saw Michigan-Ohio Ohio State, State rematch Michigan. for the national championship. I, I think I think that's what they want. I think yeah. that's what, obviously, the NCAA wants. Well, college football wants. Can't necessarily say the NCAA no more. Because, like, look, it's the, it's the greatest rivalry in the history of the sport. Um, both teams are ratings monsters. Uh, Georgia aren't the ratings monsters that you would think, but both teams are like it's, it's the equivalent of like Tom Brady at his peak making the Super Bowl against the Dallas Cowboys. That's what this would be for them. You know what I mean? And I, I mean, I don't think it'll happen because I I can't see a word like you lost to the diet version of Michigan. I mean, you, you lost to the diet version of Georgia. You got you're embarrassed facing, in your facing, own house. You're facing the real thing now. Like, no. <laughs> Griff, I think they're going to get smoked, man. I think we're going to see two blowouts, man. I, I can see a world where this is a closer game, but I can see a world, too, where Georgia just, you know, like even LSU managed to – I think this is, like, basically what you're saying uh, Michigan TCU is going to be, where, like, I can see a replicating here of that game, but then also what we saw in the SEC championship between Georgia and LSU, where, you know what, it's, like, 51 to 20. I think it's just – when it comes down to it, too, I can see – also, remember I was saying earlier – Aiden Hutchinson was just trying to get out of that game healthy and make it to the draft training. Absolutely. I can see a world where CJ Stroud plays it safe. He's just, just tr- trying to get out of there. <laughs> get out of there healthy, go and train for the draft because we're going to talk about, we can talk about the draft today if we want, because look, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but when it comes to the game like this, I think at the end of the day, we're going to well, see Michigan play Georgia in LA, but I'm just saying I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw that Ohio state upset just because, like we were saying, it would be better for ratings, and you know that would happen. But I think at the same time, too, the committee loves the SEC, so you know the committee is going to want to see an SEC team in the final. Because I'm looking at this, besides the first time that the college football playoff happened, I can't see a world where an S- I don't think an SEC team or Alabama hasn't made it into the final. Here's the thing, Griff. Now that you bring it up, I actually don't think Stroud is going to roll over because right now it's a two-man race for the number one pick, him and Bryce Young. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if he if he beats Georgia, you know what I mean, it looks well doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that, does, a lot for, that does a lot for his stock. 
I feel like the only way the only way they can win this game is if he has a performance like everyone thinks he's capable of having. I don't think he can do that against this defense, but that's the only way they win this game. They have they have the advantage in terms of the skill positions, those corners versus those receivers. I'm taking Ohio State's receivers. I just don't think they can do anything against that front. I don't think they can stop. They're going to be in the backfield the whole game. He's going to be running for his life most of the game. And if he has an amazing performance and, and just a Vince Young-esque performance, you know what I mean, that does a lot for his draft stock. So I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if he's gonna be like let let me try and get out of here. I think he might actually you know go for it, take risks and shit like that. I think he I, might. I'm not saying that the whole game he's gonna go out there and not take risks. Obviously he's going to. He obviously is gonna want to try to win. But I think by the third or fourth quarter, if they're down by 20 plus already, then I think that's when you see that come in, or you see him come out of the game. You know where it's just kind of like, hey, I don't want to play. You know, I got I got my money to make. I I I did what I could. I'm out. But at the same time, too, look, whatever teams are like, oh, they don't want to play. At the same time, too, yeah, you're going to want to go out there and win because if you go out there and do that, you're leaving the Buckeyes with a bad taste in their mouth. And it's, it's, it's going to be – this is going to be the game. This is why Herb Street and Fowler are calling this game and not the Fiesta Bowl. That's why it's uh, Blackledge and McDonough doing that one. So we'll see what happens in both. But I think, honestly, expect – hey chaos could happen in the second one but don't expect it like don't be counting on it like i think it's like how last year we got georgia alabama i think this year we're gonna get georgia michigan and then that game is gonna be hey which defense is better that's what the national championship is probably gonna be the the answer is georgia but yeah. this is gonna be boring this is gonna, i'm not even that excited like griff you yeah. I'm, I'm super jack for the final and super jack for the playoff but like not this year man because i I think it's just gonna we're just gonna get the boring thing that we expect. Unfortunately, I, I, that's what I think too. That's I I I, I don't want it to happen. I'm trying to be glass half full, but at the same time too, that's the road I think we're gonna go down, and we're gonna hear like you know the college game day panel. Everyone they're gonna try to hype you up. They're gonna try to get you excited. But the more you hear about this, like NFL is still dominating the headlines, and that's why two of these n- typical New Year's bowl games they're all on Monday. That's the other reason I'm trying to work from home on Monday is so I can stay and watch these bowl games while I work, but don't tell my boss that. But um, with everything, yeah, like it's basically at the point where college football, it's not the NFL. It's not predictable. Look, upsets happen from time to time. But like I said, if you want upsets, go watch college basketball, not college football. Yeah, it, it, not this year, man. I, I don't think it's happening. And, and it sucks. And it sucks, man, because even the, even the bowl season in general has been kind of predictable. Yeah, kind of predictable. Like all the bowl games, kind of predictable. You know, what I mean, this this year, especially this game, well, this whole playoff, yeah, just gonna just gonna go how we all think, man. That's where when it comes into the twelve team format, you're gonna get some games that are stinkers. You're gonna get some games that are just they're not fun to watch. Meanwhile, if you had an eight team playoff, that's where you're gonna get some interesting matchups because you know right away if it was three versus six, you're getting Bama and Ohio State in one of the playoff games. So it makes it interesting. The other thing I'll say, too, is I don't get why the Rose Bowl was trying to do what they did and overpower when I'm like, like, leave your, like, the Rose Bowl is a mystique to it, I think, unlike any other bowl game. But at the end of the day, we got what we wanted. But at the same time, too, we got a little bit too much from the committee. So we'll see how it goes when they do eventually go to 12 teams. But for the most part, like if you have Tulane in there, like no one's gonna be picking Tulane to go anywhere in the college football playoff because they the same won't. Thing with TCU. No, they won't, man. Like the Boise State thing happened a decade ago, well, 14, 15 years ago now. 
2006. And ever since then, every and I, I've been saying this for years. Ever since then, every team like that, and no disrespect, no disrespect, because I, I think that the committee has to be honest with those teams too. They have to let them know, like, look, it's going to be damn near impossible for you guys to get into this thing. Just be honest about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just come out and say it. But ever since then, people try and manufacture those new teams like that. And then w- when you go to 12 teams, there's going to be like three or four of them. And they're all going to get killed, man. It's kind of like when you have, time. like, I don't know, Stephen F. Austin go play Bama. And they're like, okay, cool. Let's lose by 50, collect our whatever million dollars that we're getting paid to play in this game and then get out. That's that's what's going to be for a lot of those teams. And then some people just don't want to hear that. But at the end of the day, you know what? You got to know, hey, this is the truth. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be entertaining. You think you might have a chance, but in reality, you don't have a chance in hell. Like it's football. Like this isn't basketball, man. We're basketball. No. People, people's shots might not fall. You never know what happens, honestly. Football is physical, man. It's it's legit. Who is better? <laughs> it all it always happens. Who is better? Who is stronger? Who is faster? Who, who is, is faster? More who, dominant. Who's, who's this? more skilled? Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. skills matter. Like you can get you can get lucky and just have a coach that just out coaches the other coach. You can do that. Like I said, I bought up the Boise Oklahoma game. That's what happened. <laughs> but like ninety percent of the time, it's going to come down to who's just better at this shit. Just that simple. Exactly. Exactly. Like with college basketball, you have. You're the typical blue buds, but that's only like four schools, and then the drop off. Then you have a big pool of good schools. I feel like with college basketball, with college football, you have Georgia, Michigan, who are great, or who have the potential of greatness, and then you have a bunch of teams that are just there that are good. Like even if you matched up Michigan or Penn State versus Georgia, no one's picking Penn State. You put Utah against Georgia, no one's picking, no one's picking Utah. So at the end of the day, it's like we said. College football, the difference between good and great is here to here. Meanwhile, with it, basketball, it's, it's like a big this. gap. Yeah, it's a big gap. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, moving on, we have some other bowl games to talk about. The Sugar Bowl. We're not going to go into full details about like who's who's the favorite, who's this. But we have Bama taking on K State. My only question for you is: Do you think Kansas State has a chance, or do you think Bama is going to go out there and try to you know not salvage their season, <laughs> but go out, go out respectfully, go out on Absolute- a respectful note. I absolutely think they have a chance because they're going to try and do the same thing that uh, they did against TCU, and that's just force Bryce Young into bad situations where fight or flight mode. You know what I mean? Because like all all you have to do is pretty much contain him in that tackle box, so he can't make plays with his legs, can't make plays on the run, can't do all that stuff. You know what I mean? Because if you just contain him and make him make rash decisions, you got a shot. I don't think they're going to win. I don't, I don't think they're going to win. But I don't think they're going to get killed like everyone's been saying, man. I, I do I do think they have a chance. So I'm going to and, I, the, and if they win, I wouldn't be shocked. So I'm going to pull up the numbers right now, and they are – they're Bama's only favored by six and a half here. I would consider Kansas State – you know what? Hey, they can – like, I can see Bama winning by, like, a touchdown. I can't see them winning by much because, like, it's even like I told you before. No one's scared of Bama anymore. They're not that school where you come in and, yeah, like, for sure, for the little schools, yeah, but, like, for a school like Kansas State, for sure they can hang with them. Like, they for sure they can, you know, hold their own. But at the same time, too, I think, yeah, Bama's going to win this game, but they're going to give them fits. And also, too, like, when I say no one's scared of Bama, I mean, Bama, like, when you look at their who their playmakers are, besides Young and Gibbs, there's no one else that really sticks out. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, and it's also good on Saban, too, to like have these guys ready to go. It's good that Saban's like, you know what, hey, guys, let's play for something. Let's do something. Let's, you know, hey, guys, like, 
let's go out there and win this. I can see a very similar game to what we saw in last year's Sugar Bowl, if you remember that, between uh, Baylor and Ole Miss. I know Matt Corral got hurt early, but Baylor defensively won that football game. Dave Aranda yeah. coached a hell of a defensive football game. Um, and and, then, and that's how that's how K State's going to have to. Yeah. They're going to have to beat Bama the same way. They're just going to have to force Bryce Young into those bad throws he makes sometimes, and and yeah, and take advantage, which yeah. they do. They're they're one of the best teams in the country in terms of converting turnovers, like converting points off turnovers. If they just do that, because <laughs> Bryce Young's going to give you a couple if you pressure him. You know I mean, he's going to give you a couple if you just do that. You're in good shape. It's a situation where if Bama leaves the door open, Kansas like basically if you let Kansas State into that game, it's a decision you're going to regret. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Step on them now. I said this earlier, and I'm not going to say it again. Who's giving? No one's giving Tulane a chance. It's good. Hey, Tulane, it's great. You made the Cotton Bowl. Ah, that, this is the just we're going to get the Trojan team that we should have like we saw all year. That minus against Utah. Yeah, they they've had what a month off. Just about yeah. a month off, something like that. Um, everyone's healthy. Caleb Williams is, is gonna play. They've confirmed that. Yeah, man. I, I I I it's not much to say. I don't think it's gonna be that close. I don't think like he to to me, to me, his season, Caleb Williams season will go down as one of the most underrated in college football history. He's been a one man show all year. If you look at if you look at his his numbers, just don't tell the story. It's about watching him. Like it reminds me of like when when Johnny Manziel was at Texas A&M or Tebow was at uh, Florida, where like he was the he's the entire offense. Everything they do, it begins and ends with him. I remember in the in the uh, Pac-12 championship game, people were like, "You need to take him out, man. He's obviously hobbled. He's obviously gimpy." They would have got blown off the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he like he he is everything to that team. He's the most valuable player in college football, and that's why he won the Heisman and. I mean, Tulane, I don't think they have anything for those athletes they have. And Caleb Williams is, you know, he's 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 gonna he's gonna have a huge game. Exactly. Exactly. I like I agree with you all in the next year too, it's gonna be Caleb Williams hype. You're gonna see NFL teams that are like in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes because it's like one of those things, 2024, he's going number one overall. Like there's no denying that. And he's gonna put on a show in Dallas come Monday afternoon. But Monday, now, now, in so, terms of him, his NFL process, I, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. But look, as a college football player, he he's a he's box office man. He's much watched. Seriously, he's incredible. He's incredible. Like I said, there's certain there's certain bowl games that you just look at and you're like, hmm? and then you, there's certain games like the Rose Bowl, which this might sound weird, but is the besides the national championship, is the Rose Bowl like have a feel of like it has a big game feel. Like, you know, as wrestling fans, there's like a big fight feel or like a big event feel like kind of like a WrestleMania ish feel in a way to the Rose bowl, where there's just the mystique of it, the stadium every year, Absolutely. every year. That's, every, that's what, every, it's, it's always must watch TV every year is to me. It feels like the biggest game because, you know, again, I've been, I've loved this sport for 30 years. So like, but, uh, it, 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 if if the if the national championship game is not interesting, you know, because it's not. But if it's not interesting, you can always count on the Rose Bowl giving you something you will remember. Usually, that game is it, it gives you an incredible moment. It gives you, you know, something you'll remember. I remember a few years ago, how long ago was that? I can't remember how long ago this was, but remember the uh, the goal line stand. I think it was Iowa and Oregon or someone or Wisconsin and Oregon or something like that, and it ended. 
at the I can't remember what year it was, but it ended like at the half yard line. You know what I mean? Clock stop. You know what I mean? Stuff like that in that game, like moments like that. And then you got the commentary going, and yeah, you know I mean, it's just it's it's nothing is more college football than the Rose Bowl. You know what I mean? Every year, yeah. No. There's a reason too why it's always Fowler and Herb Street calling this game. It, it's the reason for that. Like how you have like if you look in years past the USC Texas national championship game, uh, Penn State and USC in 2017, Oregon and Wisconsin a couple years ago. Even last year's game, Utah and Ohio State. There's just when you think of the roles, um, Georgia, Oklahoma in the semifinal in uh, 2018. Yeah. There's just yeah. these games that they just create moment after moment. Um, and with that, I think we're going to get a very high scoring game in this one. Both offenses are very good, but I was doing some research for this one specifically, and I saw Fowler's notes. Georgia likes to stack four high, four guys up front. That is the worst defense. Cam Rising faces. When he gets four, when he gets full pressure on him, Cam Rising crumbles. Cam's a hell of a quarterback. Took a hell of a shot in the Pac-12 championship game where his helmet just flew yeah, off. Shit was, but shit was crazy. <laughs> at the end of the day, with this game, I'm going to say this: I trust Penn State. I think Penn State wins this game. I think this is a game where they can kind of, you know, show, hey, we're still a good team. Or you know what, you get Utah with the story because last year it was very similar. Where I get these like Michigan vibes with Utah. How last year for them getting the Rose Bowl was a huge deal. For you for the Utah program. But I can see a world now where you know what? Getting there is just not good enough. I'm still gonna lean Penn State to win this game, but I would not be shocked if the Utes are the ones celebrating Monday night in Pasadena. The thing with Penn State is I think I think that their their power and their mystique comes from that crowd. And to for me, that's the difference. They're not home. And when they're not home, they're very vulnerable. Hell, yeah. they show they they that have choked some games away just being on the road. And I think them not being at home is going to be the difference. Because I, I really think they're, they're evenly matched. These teams are evenly matched. Two, two offenses that score a lot of points very differently, but they score a lot of points. And I think just because they aren't home, Utah's defense will make more plays at the end, and they'll win a close game. I'm actually excited about this one. Not excited about any <laughs> any of the other games. Hell, no, hardly any of them this bowl season, but I am excited about this one. Can't wait yeah. to see that. Yeah, the only other one I would look at as exciting if Hendon Hooker was healthy would be the Orange Bowl, which how fitting Absolutely. is that? Two, you have yeah. the Clemson Tigers, Tennessee Volunteers, both are orange in an Orange Bowl. That, like, that script writes itself, but when I look at the Orange Bowl as a whole, it's kind of like whatever. The other game I look at as potentially interesting as well is the cheat um, – the Citrus Bowl, I think it's sponsored by Cheez-It. That one I look as it has a potential chance, but when I look at the end of the day, it's like I said, there's just something about the Rose Bowl. There's just something that's good about this game. There's just something college that... College football, man. It is yeah. college football. It's college football at its finest. That's all you can ask for. And I'm just going to say this right now. Uh, with the national championship... If you so, if we're both going Georgia, Michigan, do we think it's a two peat for Georgia, or do you think Michigan is the team on top? Yeah, man, Georgia. <laughs> I, I doubt it'd be crook. I doubt it. Look, man, it is the it is Coke versus great value. <laughs> you know the Walmart <laughs> brand. It yeah. is. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's Coke versus like the the store brand soda. You know what I mean? It's it's the it's the name brand versus the store brand. I don't think it's gonna be that close, man. Honestly, 
That's why, I'm bored. That's why I'm bored by all of this because I don't think it's going to be that close. I think out of all these games we're going to take away from it, the Rolls Bowl is going to be the best bowl game that we see. Potentially the Sugar Absolutely. Bowl has a chance, but I think the Rolls Bowl is going to be that game that, you know, is the mystique of it all. It's just, like I said, there's there's just something about Pasadena on Jan- in the beginning of January. Absolutely. feels weird to say that we're already in January and 2022 is just two days left. Yeah, man. But time flies. <laughs> time flies. Um. Let's quickly run down this NFL slate for you all. Um, man, this playoff race is something, but tomorrow night we have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Tennessee Titans, and it's looking like Derrick Henry is not going to be playing tomorrow night. So I think this is just a good uh, good spot for Dallas just to go in there and kind of keep keep their name as like, hey, we're not your typical Dallas Cowboy team until eventually they shut the bed in January and we all laugh at them again. Oh, so so Henry, he's, he's ruled out. He's not playing. He's doubtful. Okay, well, yeah. Then if he doesn't play, they're, they're going to win. And even if he plays, I think they're going to win, but they're definitely going to win if he doesn't play. Exactly. And also, too, I here's the thing, and I'm not saying this as well because I'm playing Derrick Henry in the one fantasy football final I made. Um, Dallas is a very good team defending the run as well, so I think it would be a very tough day. You'd basically have to ask a lot from Malik Willis to go out there and win the game, where Malik Willis, he still looks like a kid. He still needs a lot of work done on him, so that's just that's just there. I'm just going to say this right now. Cowboys. He, said he still looks like a kid. <laughs> yeah. he, he still needs some work. Literally, um, he literally looks like a kid. But yeah, um, your your Eagles are playing the Saints this week. Uh, do we see a bounce we back? Better the Eagles? We, oh? we better win. We better win. We we need to win this one. We we need to win this one. Absolutely. Keep keep the momentum going. I feel like this this is gonna sound cynical as hell. I feel, I feel like we threw that game against the Cowboys. Man, we needed to be you know ineffective for a bit. Make sure, make you know, what I'm saying, keep us in rhythm, keep our spirits up. We can't be a one loss team going into the playoffs, man. We we needed a little bit of adversity, man. Exactly, fly, Eagles fly. And you know what would happen though if you guys do lose to the Saints? There's going to be that. Oh, are the Eagles this team? Are they legit? Are they good? You know what's that whole? Were we overrating them all? No, season? no, we we are very vulnerable. Absolutely, yeah. we give up points and bunches. That is a little scary sometimes. Jalen Hurts has been great this year. MVP candidate to a lot of people, the MVP of the league, not to me, but um, to a lot of people. But you know, man, like, I, 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 they do scare me at times. Absolutely. One thing I'm going to say right now about Jalen Hurts because this year we're going to see quarterbacks getting paid this offseason and other players too, like Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, etc. Jalen Hurts can sign his new contract because he was not a first round pick on January 1st. So if I'm Howie Roseman, you get that man locked up a- ASAP so the market doesn't reset before he gets extended because otherwise. He can just go, hey, player Joe Burrow's making this much. I deserve the same amount as Joe Burrow. Like, why not? So that's just a little side note for Howie Roseman. Um, oh, God, next one, Bears versus Lions. I, I, I still um, have my doubts about him. I, I do too, but I think you got to lock him up. Like, what are you, like, I just don't think you can reset the button unless, like, he proves to be, like, this, like, complete, like, he just has a, this was just a one-off season. I think for him, he is – he is the quarterback of the future for the Eagles. Like you have all the pieces there too: Smith, Brown, Goddard, uh, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott. Absolutely good for a touchdown. Those, those Boston Scott, are by crazy. the way. But by the way, Boston Scott, good for a touchdown against the New York Giants. He does it every year. Um, and even too, Quez Watkins is a receiver that you can call upon. You can call upon his uh, name when he needed. Ben, he's he's good for that too. So, and also the defense of the Eagles is just gotten better like jordan davis is healthy now one of the best offensive lines in the game 
But if I'm the Eagles, look, just go go for it all this year. This is the year to go for it because look, if you win it, great. If not, it's not. I don't think it's like a oh, like this was like give it all season. It was just a hey, we just had a bad game. Um, yeah, he has he has so many weapons. We we have so many skilled players, so many weapons. Yeah, like yeah, man, I'm ex- I, I I'm not gonna lie. It took pretty much until <laughs> it took a while, but I'm actually optimistic, man. I, I actually actually I'm excited about the playoffs this year. I don't I don't think they'll hurt me. I'm, it's not like I'm. I think they're gonna win it all. I hope they do, but I don't think we'll lose in embarrassing fashion this year, which is what they typically do. So I, I don't think so. This this Eagles team reminds me like I'm trying to think about it, but the, the teams that like Andy Reid, like the early 2000s team, I think it'd be Absolutely. like that. You know, where it's if they lose, it's just because someone else on the other team made a play when the Eagles didn't. I don't see them like getting embarrassed in the playoffs, like what happened last year against Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be a, you know, if they were to lose, it'd be like how Buffalo lost to Kansas City last year. Like, you know, where it's just absolutely the one play. It was one play. Um, Bears at Lions um, are the, and that's one thing I want to say about the Bears right now. Are you, I am ready for an off because they have a lot of cap money. I don't know if you know this. They have like over 100 mil to spend in this offseason. I'm waiting, ready for people to go on the Bears and all of a sudden be, you know what, get Fields a receiver. He's going to be this. No, the Bears have a lot more problems. This is a team that's going to be bad again next year because guess what? You traded away your two best players on your roster this year and no weapon besides maybe David Montgomery or Cole Komet on a really good day scare you. So unless the Bears do a complete 360 and they just decide, hey, Come to Chicago and play. No, it's going to be another couple of years, I think, until the Bears are back anywhere near the playoff picture. And I don't trust that front office to make the right decisions in terms of money. Like, yeah, I understand the trades were for money. I get that. But, you know, I, I don't trust that front office to make the right decision. So until they do, I mean, I got no faith in that front office, man. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, because, like, the front office already kind of came out and said, oh, we don't know what to do. The front office is – fully committed to a rebuild so we'll see what happens but then across the office in detroit you've got a team that surprised a lot of people by storm but i'm going to say this right now with the detroit lions i know they're in the playoff pitcher or the playoff hunt i think them missing it this year is more beneficial to their long-term future than people think i think if they miss it this year i know everyone would be like to see you know what see this good old story dan campbell took a one in six team got to the playoffs them missing will just leave them hungrier for next year because if they make it this year, everyone's going to expect you to be good next year. But if you miss, people are going to think, "Hey, this is the year to go over." So that's why that's I, just something I want to I say. Also think, I also think it's good for them to miss it so they won't be afraid to retool this thing because they might mm-hmm. think we could just bring all this stuff back and try it again. Like, yeah, they're better than I thought they'd be, and you know, keep keep trying to get better, keep retooling. If they miss it, they'll feel more pressure to do that. Well, we're close. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. Exactly. It's kind of like you look at it where you're like, that de- like Aaron Glenn's got that defense playing some. Because, like, that's the thing, too, with their defense. There's no one on there that really sticks out to you, like, in the secondary, especially. Jeff Okuda's coming up, but there's no one else. Like, when you look at guys like Deshaun Elliott, that's the only other name that comes to mind for there. It's whatever. But then you've got Aiden Hutchinson, who I'm sorry, he, he's he's a stud. Aiden Hutchinson is there's the guy. He's the guy we thought he was going to be coming out of the draft. Um, that is one of the most underrated offensive lines in all of football, to be honest with you. That offensive line is incredible. For as good I as DeAndre, I think, I think everybody knows how good they are, Griff. I don't think 
I think they're underrated. Yeah. I, I just think like people don't look at them with the way like people look at the Eagles offensive line, for example. That's what I meant. Um, and then the running game too is incredible with Jamal Williams has been a revelation for them. John J. Swift's good. I think you just got to find another tight end to replace TJ Hawkinson. I look at them maybe getting out like a Mike Isicki from Miami, someone like that. And then you don't have anything missing. Plus two. I'm going to say this with their draft this year. Cause you know, they hold the Rams pick. I would be that team. You know how, like when in 2016, Jared well, Goff how, and Carson how, how, how Wentz. How convenient is that, right? That Rams yeah. pick right now. Who would have thought, man? <laughs> Who would have thought? But here's the thing: if you're the if you're the Lions, if you have a team out there that's a fringe team that's like desperate for a quarterback, why not accept a golden goose range of picks like what the Seattle Seahawks did last year, instead of drafting a quarterback to replace Jared Goff? Pick a guy in the mid first round, like you know, a guy that hey, maybe another year or two away. Instead of someone who's ready to come in next year, like maybe go after like I don't know, like an, an Anthony Richardson, for example, like well, someone like that. Well, I think inevitably, like um, we all know Bryce Young is going relatively high, but there's a chance yeah. Stroud could drop. Who knows? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, look, if he's look, think about it this way: if he's there, at like maybe nine, trade up and get him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, absolutely stockpile picks and trade up and get him. Or even like how San Francisco a couple of years ago traded away a bunch of picks and stuff to uh, to Miami to, hey, go out there and get Trey Lance. Something like that. Yeah. That's what I yeah. was referring to more than anything. But as it pertains to this game, uh, I expect, like when I look at it, I expect the offensive shootout. And I expect the Lions to pull up with a win just because, like I said, the Bears aren't the better team here. Um, can you believe that the Carolina Panthers could win the NFC South? <laughs> You're you're closer to the Panthers than I am, and I'll say this right now. And Big Rat said this as well. If Steve Wilkes gets them to the playoffs and wins the division, I think you got to bring him back for 2023. That's crazy to think, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> oh man, I, I can't believe how bad the NFC South is. So can I say something as well about Steve Wilkes quickly? Are we truly learning that? Is it either he's a good coach, or is it that the Arizona Cardinals kind of set him up for failure four years ago? Because I think it's the Cardinals set him up to fail. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Either of those things could be true. You're. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, yeah, they they absolutely they absolutely knew that they weren't going to keep him around. So yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're probably right. They probably set him up to fail. You're right. Like they were just knowing right away we're going to go get Cliff. We're going to go get Kyler. Which yeah. I I think Cliff's getting his walking papers in a week and a half. But who knows? Um, and then with the whole NFC South as a whole, it's just there's no team in there that's. When I look at, like, if Tom Brady leaves Tampa, that team's going to be back to darkness to where they were for the last 20, 20 years ever since they won their other Super Bowl in 2002. The Saints, I think there's some years of mediocrity ahead. I just think that it's that you can't expect anything from them. And then Atlanta's still rebuilding, and then Carolina. Like, ugh. This division looks like the NFC West from like 2000 and like the late 2000s, where like all the teams are bad and like a seven nine Seahawks. Yeah, but oh, I'm man. still waiting for a world though where ultimately the Buccaneers win this division and then they knock the Dallas Cowboys out wild card weekend. Oh, that'd be hilarious, man! That'd be yeah. hilarious. That'd be hilarious. That would that would set social media ablaze. Could you imagine? Could hey, you know what I want? I want the Bucks to make the playoffs. And for them to beat the Cowboys and Tom Brady to pay terrible while doing it. 
Because that was that was said social media. <laughs> oh, thank you for that, Griff. I hope that happens. Because I, I, look, at the end of the day, and especially with me with this platform, I root for chaos. Like I want chaos. That's what I'm going to root for. Um, I want to ask you about Tom Brady, though. Is he? Le- is he? What's he? What's he going to do? Because I have my take. I think he stays in Tampa or he walks. I just don't think. He, I don't. I don't. I don't want to see him go ring chase. And I just don't think it would look good for him. I think there's a point where it's kind of like someone's got to sit he him down has, and say enough's enough. Like, you, like he has the most rings of anyone. Why would yeah. he ring chase? That's like the thing. he just retired. Just, there is nothing left for this man to prove. Look, either you have the people that think he's the greatest quarterback of all time, like most people. Yeah, you know I mean, and you got the people who, at bare minimum, go, he's one of the three or four best quarterbacks to ever. Yeah, you know, there's nothing left to prove, man. Just, just what else you gonna do? You win another Super Bowl, then okay, ooh, you got eight. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> because I know everyone's linking him to Las Vegas, but or like even San Francisco. But I'm like, when I look at San Francisco, I'm like, regardless what happens this year. They're, Brock Purdy's not going to go anywhere. Trey Lance is going to be back. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be gone because I can see someone signing him in free agency, especially coming off the broken foot. Or you know what? San Francisco says, hey, we'll bring you back on cheap money. So that's that's what I think Does, happens there. Doesn't, doesn't this dude have 88,000 yards passing? Something like that? Yeah. Why are you still – there's nothing left to prove, man. It's like, to prove. it's like two years ago when Drew Brees walked away after that divisional game. Remember, everyone knew then and there – He's done. It's like last year when Ben Roethlisberger got his roses on that Monday night in Cle- against Cleveland. Like, there's just some times where you know, like I know everyone says, "Oh, he's gonna he will he play until he's older? Will he play until this?" And I'm just like, also as a huge Tom Brady guy, a supporter, I just look at it where I'm like, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see like you know how your hot take at the beginning of the year was, "Oh, Brady's gonna." do this like Brady was going to start to downgrade I don't want to see him going out there trying to win eight but at the same time too you're seeing a broken down version of him retire you, you're seeing that yeah. this year he's you know not, what I'm I don't want to continuously see that yeah it's, it's just gonna get worse he's older like I'm not I didn't say that to be mean I said it because no. he's old <laughs> like it's just gonna get worse he he was the one quarterback the one quarterback that was putting yeah. up best in the league numbers when he decided, when he first announced, I'm gonna walk away. Then he came back, like, bro, you went, you went out with people saying he went out as good as he ever looked. I didn't agree with that, but a lot of people felt that way. You know what I mean? And he comes back, and I don't think anyone could say, with the exception of maybe Skip Bayless, that he's as good as he ever looked. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Why did he? Why did he come back, man? Why did did he really? Did he hate Giselle that much? Did he hate her that much? That he wanted to be away from her. That's crazy, man. I think he thought that like Tampa was going to be this team that like dominates. I think he saw potential too because he's like the NFC South was weak. Like hell, like I said earlier, I had Carolina being one of the worst teams in the league this year. I had Atlanta being one of the worst teams in the league this year. I had New Orleans. You know what? Maybe having a backdoor chance getting into the wild card picture. I was wrong at all three. Um, unless New Orleans somehow wins out and then. Does it? But New Orleans basically. Then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, and all hell breaks loose. Like imagine that if the Saints are the team that wins the NFC South. Um, I think Tom Brady. You know what? Like you know, it's time. What else do you have left to prove? You're a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that class in 2028, which we have to give him his roses as well. Uh, him and JJ Watt. That's going to be a hell of a Hall of Fame class going in in the year 2028. Absolutely. You got maybe the greatest defensive player to ever live, and the greatest quarterback to a lot of people to ever live. Absolutely. 
I'm going to say this right now as a take on the J.J. Watt thing. If he was healthy, I think he's in that Lawrence Taylor, Aaron Donald conversation if he had a fully healthy career. His, his, his peak is similar to both of those dudes, man. Like, his 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 impact was was Lawrence Taylor-like for a long time. Like, you think – you you look at those Texans teams, man. You think they're, like, you know, competing for playoff spots and, then, you know what I mean, constantly in it, constantly topping the league in defense if it wasn't for the attention that J.J. Watt got. He 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 was incredible, man. He was the, the third best dude I've ever seen play with my own two eyes at that position. He also has 111 career sacks. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. He's a Walter Payton Award winner, five-time first team, second-time, two-time second team. He's a five-time Pro Bowler, led the league in sacks twice, forced fumble co-leader, uh, forced fumbles co-leader in 2018. He was also on the NFL 2010s All-Decade team. He was also All-American at Wisconsin as well. So when you look at a player like J.J. Watt, he is Canton-bound. You're not, you're not even counting – yeah. You're not even counting how many hurries he got, how many passes he batted down, how much double coverage like, he had. He, he is the greatest lineman to bat down passes at the line of scrimmage. Like that was legit, like a stat that, like he, if you look it up, he he's far and away better than anyone else to ever play the game. He's incredible, man. So, so we incredible. talked about this, I think, recently because you know how some there's people out there that don't think Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer because they only saw the back half. It's the same sort of thing where <laughs> I know. You look at Ben when he was at his best, it's the same thing as JJ. When those two are at their best, there's a reason why, and for about 15, about 18 years, excuse me, why it was either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Ben Roethlisberger representing the AFC in a Super Bowl. There's a reason for that, that there's only one year from like 2001 until, or actually, no, from 2003 until 2019, why there's only the only two other quarterbacks were Rich Gannon and uh, Joe Flacco. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You are correct. Think about it. That's, that's crazy. That's a crazy stat. <laughs> that's a crazy stat, man. Think about it. It was either because like, even like I'm looking at it now. So 03 was man. So Brady, Brady, and then Ben Roethlisberger in the Super Bowl. That I know a lot of. If you're a Seahawk fan. You hate to hear about that Super Bowl because there's some fans who think that game was thrown and a lot of shady calls, which they were to get Jerome Bettis to the Super Bowl in Detroit. But then you had Peyton Manning, then you had Tom Brady, then you had Ben. Then you had Manning, then you had Ben, then you had Brady, then you had Flacco, but then you had Manning, Brady, Manning, Brady, 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 and then it's been Mahomes, Mahomes, Burrow. That's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Um, just gonna run down some other games here. Denver versus Kansas City. Um, I'm not gonna say I'm not I'm gonna pick Kansas City to win, but I don't trust them to cover the spread because it's a divisional game with a high spread. And also, too, I can see a world where the Denver Broncos what, make it what's the spread? Oh, 12 and a half. Oh, yeah. I don't think, no, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be no. that. It's going to be a close game, but there's also part of me thinking, like, remember Jeff Saturday won his first game, so, like, you can see a weird world where the Denver Broncos just, like, rally around and, like, somehow get this, like, crazy upset win in January. Like, I could see a world where that happens, but the likelihood of that is, like, close to zero. Um, Jeff Saturday. I think we can guarantee that dude's not going to have a head coaching job next year. <laughs> um, I think we can guarantee that. Him, I, I also like his, I like the Giants to rebound against his Jeff Saturday's Colts as well. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. And then I'm going to say Jacksonville versus Houston, which that's another coach where I think his days are numbered, and that's Lovey Smith. I think Houston's just going to – I see a world where Houston's just going to go out there and hire Josh McCown because, you know, it's been that rumor for years where, like, 
they're they want them they're gonna do them but then they had to avoid yeah. it because of all the conflict and then the whole cal mcnair stuff and jack easterby so it's kind of like okay where do you go from here um and then jack I, got, I gotta give yeah i gotta i gotta speaking of uh jacksonville i gotta give uh trevor lawrence's props over the past yeah. month he's been pretty great i'm not gonna lie i'll Another- be honest Another player I want to give his props to on that team is actually the not the non quarterback Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, he's been great. He's been great. Yeah, it was just funny watching that game with people who don't really know Jacksonville well, and then I'm like, oh, there's Josh Allen, and I was like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, there's another guy in the NFL named Josh. Not, Allen. not that one. Not that no, one. No, not that one. Um, with Jacksonville, was it Urban Meyer was just that bad, or is like Doug Peterson still a good head coach? I don't think Doug Peterson's a good coach, but I do think that uh I do think a lot of it comes from him being more tenured in the league. I don't think he's a good coach. I just think he understands the NFL more than Urban Meyer did. And Urban Meyer was also Urban Meyer, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I do I do think it comes from Doug Peterson knowing the league. I don't think he's a good coach. I, I I don't care that we won a Super Bowl. I will never say that man's a good coach. Yeah. It won't happen. Um, We have two snoozer games in the 1 o'clock window that if you're watching Red Zone, you won't see at all, and that is Arizona visiting Atlanta. Um, Arizona had a good game on Sunday, but I'm just like, they ain't it. Also, I'm going to say this right now. I know everyone's saying that the Patriots only beat them because of what happened to Kyler. But at the same time, too, that's a team that needs a lot of work. Like, I'm sorry if I'm the Arizona Cardinals. I think you explore the options of trading DeAndre Hopkins. I think you shed some cap and you go through a few bad years before you really build yourself up as a good program. Oh, I'm blowing up everything. I'm yeah. nuking everything in the everything. All the coaches are getting fired. No one on the roster is safe. I'm blowing it all up. Um, I'm also going to say this too. I think Steve Kime, I know he had, obviously we wish him the best, but I think there when there's smoke, there's fire. And this got in my head and I kind of agree with it. I think it's just a way to, you know, let him leave with his dignity. So, you know, it can be, Hey, I've decided to step down as a Cardinals because he's been with the organization since 1999. He's been their uh, GM there for uh, since 2013. So I think, you know what, Michael Bidwell is going to let Adrian Wilson take over control. Let, let him make the decisions, have him bring in his guy and then we see some changes. But I think for Arizona, because here's the other thing, too. Kyler Murray ain't going to be it next year. He's not going to – the earliest he comes back is October. That's the thing. He hasn't even had his surgery yet. So the earliest he comes back, if all goes well, is October. So I think next year's a write-off for the Cardinals, and you look at 2024's year. So you know what? Hey, build some young guys. You have Hollywood Brown. You've got Robbie Anderson. you got James Conner. Trey McBride could be something. But if I look at a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, I look at a guy like Buda Baker or even Byron Murphy, Isaiah they, They're all too old for what they're doing. Yeah. Just blow that thing up. I also think that's why J.J. Watt's partially retiring as well. I think he just wants to get out. I know he could probably – he's the guy that could go somewhere in ring chase. Like, he could go sign in, like, Buffalo or somewhere. But I think he's – I think he's just one of those guys that he's content with where he's at. It's kind of like how Andrew Luck retired, you know, where he's like, I've I put in my – I've my body's put in the work and I'm done. And J.J. White has nothing left to prove, man. He's he's one of the five greatest at that position ever. There's nothing left to prove. So with that, do you think that the Cleveland Browns are going to beat Washington on Sunday, or do you think Washington's going to beat Cleveland? Man, that that rapist is terrible, ain't he? Um, (sighs) uh, No, I think, you know what? 
His only win was against Tyler Huntley. I know, man. Oh, and and Houston, but we don't count Houston for obvious reasons. And he, 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 he's been bad. Um, but this are you ready for everyone next year though to give (laughs) Cleveland like they're gonna run the table and they're gonna be this great team when in reality you still have Baltimore and Cincinnati to go through in your own division? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamar Jackson is hurt, like you know what I mean. That's why they're str- um. I I don't know, man. Uh, I guess Cleveland. Fine, I guess Cleveland. But here's the thing, though. Baltimore's already clinched a playoff spot. Like I'm looking at the AFC standings right now, and or the wild card standings, and yeah, I, Baltimore's ten and five. So their worst case scenario is they lose out and they go ten and seven. So they they are in. They're in the dance because that last team is either going to finish ten and seven or nine and eight. So I think, yeah. So if I'm looking at the playoff picture, um, five of the seven spots are spoken for, and the last one is the NFC, the AFC South, which we're going to probably get on Sunday Night Football in Week 18. But um, yeah, that's that. That is that is a very good point. Yeah. And then we have Miami going to New England. I think like what New England did against Arizona, my uh, New England takes advantage of. So I have this. So I have this with the Patriots. I wonder how Big Rat feels about this game. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. I haven't really talked to him that much about it. Um, so for New England, it's losing. You're gone. It's losing. You go home. Absolutely. Yeah. The season's on the line. Season's on the line. You have a lot to prove. But with this game, I. So there's two scenarios I have for this team. That's three. One is that they lose on Sunday, and if they lose, it's not going to be disappointing because this team's been trying to lose for like the last month now to not to make the playoffs. The other one that I have is they win this week, must win against Buffalo, and Buffalo humiliates them on week 18, and I have to go into an offseason of Bills fans basically taking out the Patriots for a second year in a row. <laughs> and then the third one that I have that is like wildest dreams come true is that they somehow squeak in the playoffs and for some reason they upset a wild card team because you know it's oh the Patriots aren't this the Patriots aren't that and they dealt the Patriots so that's what I'm saying those are the three scenarios and like Detroit if New England misses this year it's not the end of the world scenario there are New England fans out there who want Belichick fired and who want like like wholesale the team and burn I, it down you know how dumb that sounds I'm going to fire the greatest coach to ever live. You do realize That's, there's like five teams that would fire their coach immediately and hire him. Yeah, if Bill Belichick was available, absolutely. Shit, man. Like the only teams I would see not doing it are like, what, Kansas Us. City, you guys, I'd say San Francisco, and probably Buffalo. Oh, and Kansas City. They're not, do you say Kansas yeah. City? Yeah, I say Kansas City. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's but, it. Though. Everybody else, it was fair game, man. <laughs> because the Patriots next year, they're going to fix the mistakes of this year. They also are going to. They have a lot of cap to spend again next year. They have like fifty three million so far, which they're. I'm sure they're going to do some restructuring. With some players are going to cut some players, so they're going to be somewhere closer to sixty million to spend. And this is a team that next year I'm going to see. Like this is a team next year that's going to be in the mix, hopefully, because my number one priority is getting Max some receiver help, but. I'm looking at this. I'm going to take them to win just because the one thing that even since Brady is gone, Belichick has exposed bad quarterbacks. And I think he can find a way to expose Teddy Bridgewater in this game. Cause absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I think is going to happen. Unless Tua, if Tua plays, I'm sorry, the NFL has got to undercome some scrutiny for the whole concussion stuff. 
That's that's just my thought bro, on that. Bro, he's not gonna play. He's not no. gonna, he's not you don't have to worry about that. He's not gonna play. No. I, I just feel bad that it's that way. It's kind of like against Arizona where I like, look, I was happy for them to get the win. It was just the circumstances of Kyler Murray tearing his ACL were very unfortunate. But at the same time, too, like in anything, you just have to take advantage of you've got to take advantage of the spot that you're put in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the Patriots will win, too. Yeah, I think just because of Bridgewater, no disrespect, but, you know, you, you, you're playing against t- one of the greatest defensive coaches to ever live, man. It's, yeah, it's going to be rough for you. Do Danny's Jets live to see another day, or do the Seahawks keep their playoff hopes alive as we have the Jets and the Seahawks? That team, that team is so good defensively, man. That team is so good defensively. Um, I, th- I think just I, I think just because of that, they're they're in this game. They're in this game. But who makes the plays to win this inevitably close game? And <laughs> like who makes the plays to win it at the end? You know, my other thing too with this game is which defense do I trust more? And that is New York's. I think we're starting to see the Seattle team we thought they would be. Losing close games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the scrappy team that's competitive. You know, what I mean, they kind of fooled us for a lot of the year, but yeah, they've been, they've been what we thought they'd be. So yeah, yeah. The the, the Seattle Seahawks are my Dennis Green team. They are who we Green. thought they were. We thought they were. <laughs> that's funny. Um, man, the San Francisco. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Jets, man. In a, in a really really close game, really entertaining. And then you're gonna see both games at 4:25 next week, and that's when they're. It's gonna be like because. Jets, you're gonna see because it's Jets, Dolphins, and you're gonna see Patriots, Bills. You have three teams competing for that one last playoff spot. Because when I look at the rest of the standings in the in the NFL wildcard picture, Pittsburgh's not making it, and the Raiders aren't making it. The Titans' only chance to make it is if they win out and Jacksonville loses out. But that's the only hope they have. So it's gonna be one of the Dolphins, Patriots, or Jets getting that last playoff spot. Um, moving on. Now we have San Francisco is. A ten point minus ten point favorite against Vegas. That defense is gonna make Jared Stidham's life uh, living hell. I wish him the best because he was a former Patriot, but there's a reason why they traded him and drafted Bailey Zappi. He's not a good quarterback, and that defense is going to expose and that man, offense. San Francisco scares the shit out of me, man. If everybody else in the league, man, that's the scary shit out of me. <laughs> they have that's oh, a man. that's the thing though, where I'm not worried about them because like because you know what they have to do? Their defense has to hold the fort, and Brock Purdy doesn't have to doesn't just doesn't need to do anything stupid. That's literally going to be their recipe for success in January. And 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 that's look that's winning. We've seen people win with just that formula. The 2015 said, Denver Broncos. Look, look man. And he and and I would say Purdy is better than Peyton Manning was then. <laughs> you could win with that, absolutely. Yeah, like it, I, I'm not saying we're going to see a Super Bowl. We saw that year because, like, I know a lot of people like to say the Patriot Ram Super Bowl is bad, but the Broncos and Panthers Super Bowl is still one of the worst yeah, Super Bowls terrible. I've seen. That was just terrible, a terrible game of football. Because because it's funny because the score looks close, but that game wasn't close. Peyton no. Manning just wasn't scoring. <laughs> that game wasn't close, man. Yeah, like. Like even the C- I, I love the Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl just because I wanted to see the Broncos lose, but um, but yeah, like like we said that that the score looked close, but no, that that defense just dominated all day, and that's where I lost respect for Cam Newton when he admitted he didn't want to get hurt going for the ball and he fumbled it. Or I'm sorry, you do what you have to do to win that game. 
That's no, what you do. I, I appreciate him being honest. What I didn't appreciate is when it, they they started pressing him during the comp- press conference and he got up and left. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. You've been talking shit all year. And now, <laughs> now like, I, I appreciate your candor, but you sit here and you take all of this. You, you got to basically look when when you run into a like basically look when it's time to eat crow you got to eat the crow you can't run from it it's kind of like how the new york jets where if zach wilson had some accountability i don't know if they'd be in the position that they're in right now oh man come on man come on low blow i low still say blow, that man that low. was my that was my take that game that one game that they lost on the kick return that got off a football game the jets needed that win more than the patriots needed that win because the patriots still last time the Patriots lost to the Jets was when Ryan Fitzpatrick was their quarterback, and that was seven years ago. Yeah, that's wild. Rams and Chargers, I don't even want to talk about just because I know the Chargers are going to win the game. Do you know that? I don't know that. I just think this game is going to be closer <laughs> than people think. I think because the Rams are that team where, look, I don't know. The Rams are terrible. You can say yeah. it. You can yeah, say the Rams, Rams are terrible. Are terrible. They're the worst defending Super Bowl champion in probably the last 20 years. And that um, is not opinion. That is absolute fact. That is statistical fact. They are the worst defending Super Bowl champion maybe ever. I can see a world, by the way, where Stafford, Donald, and McVay are all not there next year. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but it wouldn't shock <laughs> I don't me think to that's see. Happen. I, I can see a world, at least, where Matt Stafford may retire just because of his, if his injuries are that serious. I can see you know that. what he's got his one he's like he's got his chip uh same thing with him too I know there's all that conversation like guys like Eli Manning Matt Ryan even though I know Eli has two Super Bowls but like Ryan Matt Manning and Stafford they're all in that category of are they, are Hall, they of Hall of Famers yeah right, Matt right, Ryan okay. let's, let's Matt go Ryan's case has been a little stabbed this year but Matt, I think Matt, Matt Stafford Ryan, is I think Matt Ryan uh pr- probably Cause he was, I don't like him. I don't like no. him for many reasons. It goes all the way back to when he was in college. Don't like the dude, but cause you know, remember the Matty ice nickname that he got mm-hmm. in Boston college, even though he choked away a lot of games, but he still had that nickname. Cause he had a couple improbable combats. One of them was against us, but you know, but you know, whatever. But, um, I can see him getting in Eli Manning, um, objectively just being honest about how voters vote. He probably will get in. I don't think he deserves it because truth be told, half of his seasons in the league, he's been terrible. <laughs> and in the other half, he's been okay. And then all his great seasons were the ones he happened to win Super Bowls. <laughs> and um, Matt Stafford was really good, but not winning anything yeah. basically his entire career. So it's just tough. M- Matt Stafford essentially made chicken salad over chicken shit. Absolutely. Yeah, my he was, he was really good his whole career, just not winning anything. And he wins a Super Bowl, and he was kind of so-so on the whole run there. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The, the other thing, too, with Manning, if Manning was not Manning, if that last name's not there, I don't know if there's a case for him to get in. That's one thing I'll we, say. We would, we would look at him like Donovan McNabb yeah. or guys that are close, Steve McNair. But our Hall of Famers, you know, that's how we would look at him yeah. if his name was Chris Johnson. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or if Rich Gannon, if it was Rich Gannon, that was Eli Manning. Exactly. They had the same career. 
Yeah, exactly. I think the name's going to help him. I think he's going to have brother and father compete. And he played for New York. He played for the Giants. I mean, that helps too. And I know there's the iconic moments in Super Bowl 42, but let's be honest. That Giants, the big reason why they won is because that defense made Brady say a living hell. But that's why they won both of them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. That's the one thing I'll admit. Like, like the Patriots just does not play good in Super Bowl 46, but in Super Bowl 42, you had Justin Tuck, OCU Menorah, Michael Michael Strahan. Strahan it was yeah. those guys that went out there and just they knew we have to basically get to Brady. And they basically they're saying, like, no one says we're good, no one says we're this. I know the helmet catch is a thing. I know there's the dropped Asante Samuel interception, which for some reason has left him being salty about Bill Belichick. But that's the big thing when it comes to when it comes to Eli Manning. Look, I'll still give him his flowers. He is a Hall of Famer because of the Super Bowls and because of the last name. But like I said, if that was even like hell, even like Phil Simms is two Super Bowls and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So that's what's not like I, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I think ultimately Eli Manning is a good quarterback. Just to me, I don't think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Just me. I completely agree. But Giants fans will have ravenous takes on that. Um are the Vikings the worst uh, twelve and three team, or are we leaving the back door open for the Green Bay Packers to get in the playoffs and then just either go on a goofy Super Bowl run or get cooked by the San Francisco 49ers on Wild Card Weekend? Gr- Griff, your segue is a Hall of Fame, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, the it, it would be ironic if the Packers snuck in and this is the year they make a run, right? That'd be ironic, right? No expectations. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, no pressure. That'd be crazy, but I don't think that's gonna happen. I think the, I think the Vikings take care of business. I don't even think they get in, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think the Vikings get in. But the Vikings, though, they're just they do this week in and week out to where I'm like, like even after last week's game, I kind of said to myself, I'm not ready to. I'm not saying he's a great quarterback, but I think Daniel Jones is the guy for the New York Giants going forward. I don't think there's a reason to draft or trade capital to go get some kid and start over. I think you can get by with Daniel Jones. You just got to build around him because their backups are what third stringers are on really good teams. So you need backups who are, you need starters who are solid and you need to build up decent backups so that when your starters get hurt, it's not, oh crap, our season's over. So that's just one thing I want to say about there. But with the Minnesota Vikings, they're that team that it's like, it's like, I don't know how well, well you know the Simpsons, but there was an episode back in the day where there was a, uh, they basically, it was an action show where the same, where the main character's name was also Homer Simpson. And then they changed him from like a, this like cool cop to like an oaf. And then there's the famous meme of, you know, get ready, everyone. He's about to do something stupid because that's Kirk Cousins. That has been <laughs> Kirk Cousins. And that is always Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so I look at this too. And also, here's the other thing too. I'm sorry, but their little whiteout on Saturday was path- like it was borderline pathetic because when you look yeah, at it, terrible. like you're play like you're you're a team in a cold weather climate playing in a dome, and for everyone out there who's bitching about this is why every NFL stadium should have a dome. No, weather helps make the game better. Weather adds mystique Absolutely. to the game. So Absolutely. If your team decides to play in a dome, by all means, but if your team doesn't and they opt for a roof, like everyone's saying, Oh, Buffalo should have a dome. No, it shouldn't. Buffalo should have an open-air stadium. But that's my case in the Minnesota Vikings. I'm just waiting for them to happen. When it comes to this game, I'm going to go Minnesota to win just because I think if Green I think Green Bay getting in is that scenario I think the NFL wants. But at the same time, too, 
this Packer team isn't good. There's nothing good about this Packer team. I think they just take advantage. They've taken advantage of certain no, situations not. like playing. Yeah. That's the thing. And then Sunday night football this week um, is the Ravens and the Steelers with I have no idea why. So it was originally supposed to be LA, LA, but it got flexed. I know the, the that's Ravens, why, Steelers, Ravens though, Steelers. That's the thing. It's like Giants Cowboys. It'll always. I don't know why they put the game in because of how the teams are, but you know what? It is just one hell of a rivalry. Like when you look at, because when you think rivalry, it's always fan hate. This is team hate. Like both teams do not like each other. Like if you wear purple, yeah, you hate black and yellow. And if you wear black and yellow, you hate purple. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um. I mean, who cares who wins, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> because the Monday night game is the game of the week. The Monday night game, we have Buffalo and Cincinnati, and I'm going to say this right now. I think Buffalo wins this game, but for how Cincinnati plays is going to be a test of how good they are in January. That's what I'm going to say right now. Because Cincinnati, for as good as they've been, they beat Kansas City, but for as good as KC is, I still think if you want to prove yourself in a litmus test, you got to go through Buffalo. Buffalo better be in the Super Bowl. That's all I know. Uh, y'all, y'all may want to stay tuned to my social media. They don't make it. <laughs> Same. No excuses this year, man. Because for their no fans, excuses. because for their fans, because I've talked, there's been a there's been a couple of them to come on the podcast. They're like, I think a lot of them were, you know, hey, snap your fingers and get there. I think, and I'll say this too. The Patriots made it too easy. Like, even remember after Mahomes won, everyone was doing the LeBron. You know what? Not three, not four, not five. Like, it's not a matter of if he breaks Tom Brady's Super Bowl record. It's a matter of when. When, yeah. I think everyone's starting to learn that what happened in New England is truly special. And there's no, like, and the fact that you just going, getting to the Super Bowl on its own, never mind winning it, are two totally different things that I think the rest of the NFL world is waking up to. And also the fact that it's all this elite talent. And now with that being said, I'm waiting for Buffalo to lose in the playoffs and Josh Allen have serious surgery because I just don't think he's 100%. I think he's been playing hurt for ever since that Minnesota game. Because mm. think about yeah. it. You haven't seen – you've seen him make plays, but you haven't seen him like – how often have you seen him make those like, wow, that's Josh Allen, like or those like amazing like throws downfield. Like the only one that comes to mind was the Stephon Diggs one in the Thanksgiving game that helped them win. That is true, and he he also I don't want to say he's he's been bad at times, but you he looks like old timid Josh Allen at times. The happy yeah. feet get to going, yeah. I mean, he, he yeah yeah you might be right. He might be playing hurt. I didn't think about that. Yeah, and then also too them losing Von Miller was a real kick in the pants. Like it was just a real move of like you know what he's like. Hey, we do need him. But their defense, their defensive players that have stepped up since he's been hurt have been good. But at the same time, too, I'm saying this right now, Buffalo winning this year, I think this is their best shot. This is their best shot because the rest. Absolutely. Because look at the AFC East. The AFC East is no longer a pushover, even though the Jets have had their problems, even though the Dolphins have been playing horrible throughout December, and even though the Patriots, well, have been stupid for like the last month now. Um there's no more pushovers in that division. Every team in that division brings something to the table. Like, that's the thing I'm going to say about New England. If you put in last year's offense with this year's defense, that is team is already in the wild card pitcher, locked up, spot secured. But this year, it's just mistake after mistake. Meanwhile, with the Jets, I think the Jets are – I think they're still a year away. I think next year is the year where they really come on the scene. They, they are a, literally a quarterback away. 
Yeah. <laughs> Literally. But how long has it been that there for, though? That's the thing. And that's the other thing, too. For everyone saying, oh, no, Tom Brady's not going to New York. No, he. I don't think he'll do that. I think, because I know everyone likes to say the narrative, he hates Belichick, this and this. No, he's going to get his day in New England the second he's retired. They're going to put a statue up. He's going to get his red jacket. He's still beloved in, in the Foxborough community. Absolutely. And I, I think at the end of the day, you know, when – Ever he, you know, announces his retirement, he signs that one that one day contract with the Patriots. Uh, Bill Belichick will be there to hug him and shake his hand. Yeah, they 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 work a lot together. It, they, you don't have to like someone <laughs> to be successful with them. Uh, Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal hated each other until the day that Shaq retired. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, like you don't have to be there. And hell, they were except the one of the greatest duos in the history of sports. Yeah, like I mean, there's, like there's been reports too of like Terry Bradshaw and the Steelers organization not having exactly not, not liking you know, each other. Yeah, yeah. Like there's all this Come stuff on, where man. it's just like, it's just he's gonna have his day in Foxborough. He's gonna have his like, day in Foxborough. Like when you when you when you break bread with somebody, it just is what it is. Like I'm gonna get even more dorky. Dorky. They said Keenan and Kel didn't like each other for for years and then they do that saturday night live segment and it's like they never left you know what i'm saying it's yeah like they never left each other because they were successful together it's just that's life yeah and that's even the thing too belichick and brady literally talked for like 20 minutes after the game was done in in foxborough last year when the buccaneers came up here and played the patriots so it's just one of those things too it's like even like when russell retires like he'll have his day in seattle like manning even though he does spend more time in denver and stuff like that he did he does have a he's statue? Still a, he's in still Indy. a god in Indy. He's a god in Indianapolis, man. Yeah, like, he's a god on, in man. Indianapolis. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be a god in uh in, in Pittsburgh. He's a god Absolutely. in Pittsburgh. Eli Manning's a god in the New York, New Jersey area. Uh, Drew Brees is a god in the Big Easy. Like there's Absolutely. just all these players. That, yeah, like they are they're beloved and they always will be beloved. Like Patriots fans, literally, if that game was played during COVID, would have found ways to get into Gillette Stadium to watch Tom Brady play. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, well, just want to wish you and yours a very happy new year in case we don't get to talk beforehand. Wait, that was it? That was it. <laughs> we can keep going. We can keep going if you want. I, mean, I was just I, looking for. I, I don't really have much else, but I was just curious. Yeah, because see, that's, what, uh, that's the one thing throughout, because this is 202, but that's the one thing I picked up on. You want to end a show before you run out of things to talk to, and it's just like, oh, well, we could go here, here, here. That's where you find those outs. It's like anything in life. You know, when you find the right way to get out of a situation, that's what you do. Now, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I love having you on the show, Marquine, but that's just how something I've picked up as a podcaster throughout the years because I can't believe it's been – yeah, so this coming – is either it's either the first, second, or the third. It's either the second or the third will mark the third anniversary of me recording. And so the next time you hear me, folks, it'll be the start of the fourth season of YWC Football Talk. That's crazy, man. That's yeah. crazy. Just a kid with a mic and all these bad ideas, but I just wanted to talk real, football, people. Real quick, off topic, just wanted yep. to say Luka Doncic's performance last night is the greatest in the history of sports. Throwing that out there. What was it, 60, yeah. 20, and 10? 60, 20, and 10 as a guard in the NBA. That is insane. Isn't it insane right now? Like, you could make it, like, the, you could probably make an argument that the three best players in the NBA right now are not even American. Oh, no, no. There is no argument. They yeah. are the three best players in the NBA. <laughs> Giannis, Luka, Jokic. Oh. And and uh, soon-to-be Wimbamyama, <laughs> who's also not American. 
That's oh, one man. other thing too. Actually, before we go, I gotta I gotta bring this part up because I don't know if you saw, but obviously for years the uh, NBA NBA Christmas Day is their day. So the ratings have come in for I gotta where is oh, it? Yeah, the NFL killed them this year. Yeah, I saw. So the killed most them. viewed game for the NBA was Bucks and Celtics at six million. The most viewed NFL game was Packers and Dolphins at twenty five point nine two million. Killed them this year. Like every other game here, four million for Knicks Celtics, uh, for Knicks Sixers, excuse me, Lakers Mavericks at four point three, Nuggets Warriors four point seven, uh, Nugget, uh, Grizzlies and uh, uh, Warriors and Grizzlies, excuse me, four point seven, Suns and Nuggets two point four. The lowest NFL game was seventeen million, and that was Bucks and Cardinals because then by then everyone was kind of not caring. Like, and, and and in in a nutshell, like those NBA numbers aren't bad. It's just. The NFL took the NFL took the day. They took it. Um the NFL it basically shows that look, NFL, the NFL's king. There's yeah, no it, other way in, to say in it. In North in North America, it is the biggest sport in North America. Like basketball is a bigger global sport. But like in Amer- in, in the Americas, yeah. <laughs> the, the NFL is king, man. And just, one of the cool. one other thing I want to say about before we go about the NBA is you got to stop putting teams like I get the Knicks and the Lakers are draws. I think you've got to put good team against good team. Like how Miami last year made it to the conference finals, but they weren't on Christmas day. I think you have to put teams from last season who were good on Christmas day. Don't just put team. You can put teams in for ratings draws, obviously, but I just think if you want a better product out there, put in good versus good. Now at the NFL, when they release their schedule seven months in advance to Christmas, that's a little hard to do, but with the NBA, I get the appeal, but I think you have to start looking at it. Put the best teams against the best teams. Don't just put teams in there for ratings purposes. Uh, see, I would agree, but it's different. It's different with basketball because of the it's the star element. It's not like the yeah. NFL where the teams are the draw. In the NBA, it's the stars that are like people want to see the stars, you know, regardless of how their team is. Like people want to see LeBron James. People want to see. Uh, Kevin Durant. They want to see Giannis. Yeah, you know I mean, it's, Kevin Durant, who wasn't even on Christmas this year. Yeah, exactly, and they, and they're playing a lot better too. Yeah, this is an NBA podcast, though. <laughs> I'm always open to other topics, and I'm always open for other sports. But you also gave me one hell of a title today for this podcast because I was trying to think about it. But then you said Hall of Fame segue, so that's like uh like, like segue <laughs> Hall of Fame. So I'm gonna that's what's gonna be segue Hall of Fame. That's the title for the show. That's that's gonna wrap. I can't believe 2022. I have done oh god, I don't even remember what number I started this year with. But if I look it up very quickly, because like I say, folks, for everyone out there, oh do, 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 do this. If you if you're new to the show, I'm never prepared. I always do things on the fly. Um oh great title from you here, learning the weld from a three-year-old because Brian Greasy is the quarterback. Oh, yeah, I, remember that. I, remember that. I remember that. Oh, what is the first? Oh, let's see right here. Dead air, folks. 60 episodes I did this year. 60. It's great. It's only 52 weeks in the year, people. Like, this guy's been working. I'm working, and I'm not stopping to working because on my next goal, people could say, oh, it's going to be to get to uh, 250. No, no, no. I see three. I see 300, even though we're at 202 right now. Here is the here is the, the biggest question I wanted to ask you. This is probably the best note to end this podcast on. What are your goals for next year? My goal for, for next pie. year. Oh, let's do some good ones. New Year's resolutions. 
uh, just continually recording more or less during the off season, always trying to get in one a week during the off season. Um, this is going to sound weird too, because it's kind of the opposite, but l- this year between basically the beginning of June till training camp, I went, I went cold. I didn't do any recording. I didn't regret not doing any recording because sometimes you just need to step away. And also to when football, that's when football's at its quiet point. I know we always say this is a 12 month a year sport. January, basically from June till about the end of July, there's not a lot going on. And if you're in the news, I always say this, if you're in the news at that time of the year, it's for the it's something bad. <laughs> yeah. it's something bad yeah. Someone did something stupid or a random trade broke out. Because if you look at the NFL offseason, February, it started a speculation for next year and a wrap-up of this previous season. Plus then, right, boom, you got the combine. Then free agency. Then all the draft stuff. Then the schedule comes out. Then you have OTAs. You have mini camps. You have rookie mini camps. So February, for as much as I love the NFL season, the NFL offseason is just a machine that never stops going. Like, look at the NBA, for example. Their season ends. You have the draft. You have free agency. Then everyone goes away for about a couple months. Meanwhile, the NFL, it's working all year round. That's the reason why it's the most successful channel with its own network. Like, how often are people watching, like, NBA TV or MLB Network in the offseason? Not, not really at all. Meanwhile, the NFL Network, you can go on there and find content year round. Yeah, I love that. I love the NBA TV segments in the offseason. Isaiah Thomas saying crazy stuff that doesn't ever happen. <laughs> the MLB TV is cool too, but all MLB TV does during the offseason is show old games, though. That's all they do. Yeah, NFL Network's good for that, though, because like sometimes they'll be like, oh, Patriots yeah, will do this. They'll, where do they'll like be like, hold the those, list yeah. and stuff like that. That's cool. I, I do like that. They did the NFL 100 list in 2019, and that was like a documentary series they did that I benched because they got celebrities from like all walks of life. Like Kobe Bryant was on there. They had like actors. They had sports reporters. They had other athletes from other sports. And then they had NFL players talking about, you know, greatest players, greatest game changers, greatest games, greatest moments, like just all these little things to do with the NFL. And it's a series that I highly recommend any football fan go watch. And the other resolution that I want to do is, you know what, I'm going to say this because I'm going to be ambitious. I want my own promo code and a brand deal with a podcast sponsor. Maybe it's Blue Chew for if you have a problem with that. Maybe it's for Manscaped. Maybe it's Omaha Steaks. I'll do awkward segments like awkward segues like uh, Chris Jericho does where it's like, so we're going to remember the life of Eddie Guerrero today, but have you heard about Omaha Steaks? <laughs> Omaha Steaks is a great company. If you order this now, use the promo code Jericho and you get your first month's free of Omaha Steaks delivered fresh to your door every month. You know? like It was like something like that. Like, or even what's another company that does podcasting a lot? Or uh, Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> better help online therapy. Like, oh, hey, you're this. Like, use this code. Um, hey, better help. Zip yeah. Recruiter. Don't forget Zip Recruiter. Zip Recruiter. Uh, the biggest one I thought of, even though I said it before, is Manscaped, just because Manscaped's the always the go-to when it comes All to over. Uh, yeah. everyone. I, I, was listening to pi- I was listening to a podcast with nothing but women. And they were sponsored by Manscaped. <laughs> or Game Time. Or the Game Time app so I can save people money for when they want to go to sporting events. Oh, SeatGeek. SeatGeek yeah. also. Don't forget that one too. Yeah. SeatGeek. Hey, I've used those promo codes before. I'm not even uh, I'm not even afraid to admit that. I've used that promo code before on, uh, for the uh, SeatGeek one. Oh, what's that? What's the fantasy app? What's it called? Uh, uh, 
it's like a fantasy app where you can like not it's not DraftKings or anything like that. It's not like a literal fantasy app. It where every maybe, day you can um because I know there's prize in the games and stuff. Oh, I think prize picks. Prize, prize picks. There it is. Yeah. I, that's a betting app that I really want to have come to Canada. It's not here yet. You can only use it in the States, but it's one I really want to use because for that one, you could just straight play all these different just player props and stuff like that. And like, I know someone out there who has like a crazy NFL one going, but it's completely the expressions Kate because it was like Tom Brady hit his over and touchdown CeeDee Lamb, Herbert and like Derrick Henry and like none of that's going to happen. Oh man. All right, man, let's get out of here, man. I get out of here. You know what, Markeem? To you and yours, have a happy new year. We'll You can ring in the new year with college football. Uh, I'll probably watch the Fiesta Bowl. I don't watch the Peach Bowl I'm going to watch, but I'll definitely be watching the uh, Sugar Bowl. I'll definitely be watching the Rose Bowl and hopefully the Cotton I Bowl too. I, I know I'll be watching the Rose Bowl. Uh, the rest of those are kind of in the air. I'm not sure because I got some things lined up for the new year, but I know I'll be watching the Rose Bowl. And the Sugar Bowl is at 12 o'clock noon on Saturday, so that's why I'll be watching it. Um, But, yeah, you know what? That's going to do it. 2022 in the books here at YWC Football Talk. Thank you for listening all year long. 2023, we're coming back strong. We got next week. I know Greg Thompson's going to be back from Cover 1 Buffalo to look at the Patriots-Bills game regardless of what happens. I know for a fact that he said no so far, but listen, folks, we're ending the regular season on a bang. Big Rat versus Danny one more time next week. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one to ring in the new year. And you know what, too? We got to get ready for the national championship somehow. So, folks, to use yours, have a happy and safe new year. Thank you very much for listening. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.